Amen. Good morning. Good to see all of you this morning. A couple things before we finish out the Gospel of Mark this morning. Um, I would like to meet, as I've uh, sent out that email, to, with all the parents and youth after this service is over, out here in the hallway. So you, that door right there, that exit door, you can just go right out there, and we'll just meet for a few moments after the service this morning. Also, if you are a part of our Oasis Church family, or you are praying about or thinking about being part of our Oasis Church family, I mean, obviously, I want you here every Sunday, <laughs> uh, but I'm, I'm really wanting to encourage all of you to, at, at your very best, try to make it the next two Sundays, uh, April the 30th, next Sunday, and May the 7th, two very important Sundays uh, and some things that I need to share with you all here at the Oasis. So I hope that you will be able uh, to make it both of those Sundays. Hard to believe, 16 weeks ago we started the study of the Gospel of Mark, and here we are at the very end. So if you have your Bibles, I want you to turn to Mark's Gospel chapter 15 and verse 42 this morning. While you're turning there, let us let me remind all of us the purpose of Mark's Gospel is to evoke from the reader a lasting response in word and deed to the true identity of Jesus Christ. So throughout the Gospel of Mark, he is revealing the true identity of Jesus Christ in different ways and by different means. And he is always calling forth a response on our part to the true identity of Jesus Christ. And last week we talked about uh, how Jesus calls us to, in a sense, be yoked to him and not only live our lives in relationship with him, but to live in partnership with him. To literally do life with him. Now today, in this very last passage we're going to look at, this is probably the simplest outline possible, you know? And yet, I want us to see that even though the outline this morning is simple, that the truth behind it all is very profound. And it is truth that you and I need to learn as followers of Jesus Christ to apply to our life on a daily basis. Because what I want to speak to us about this morning is our identity in Jesus Christ. Who we are in Jesus Christ. And, and you and I, no matter how long we follow Jesus Christ, no matter how long we've known Jesus Christ, we need to be mindful of this identity and remind ourselves of these things every day that we live. I want to begin this morning, though, by just reading this passage of Scripture. I want to begin in Mark chapter 15, verse 42. Mark writes, Now when evening... Uh, had already come since it was the day of preparation, that is, the day before the Sabbath, Joseph of Arimathea, a highly regarded member of the council, who was himself looking forward to the kingdom of God, went boldly to Pilate and asked for the body of Jesus. Pilate was surprised that he was already dead. 
He called the centurion and asked him if he had been dead for some time. And when Pilate was informed by the centurion, he gave the body to Joseph. After Joseph brought a linen cloth and took down the body, he wrapped it in the linen, placed it in a tomb and that was cut out of the rock. Then he rolled a stone across the entrance of the tomb. Mary Magdalene and Mary, the mother of Iosais, saw where the body was placed. When the Sabbath was over, chapter 16, Mary Magdalene, Mary the mother of James, and Salome brought aromatic spices so that they might go and anoint him. And very early on the first day of the week at sunrise, they went to the tomb. They had been asking each other, who will roll away the stone for us from the entrance to the tomb? Because it was obviously quite large and quite heavy. But when they looked up, they saw that the stone, which was very large and had been rolled back. Then as they went into the tomb, they saw a young man dressed in a white robe sitting on the right side and they were alarmed. But he said to them, do not be alarmed. You are looking for Jesus, the Nazarene who was crucified. He has been raised. I want to point out something that. Mark is drawing a very sharp contrast here. There is one word in the Greek language for who was crucified. And there is one word in the Greek language for he has been raised. So notice he's just using, in the English it's more, but in the Greek he was using just two words. He was crucified. He was raised. And the word for raised there in the Greek language is nikau. It's, it's the word that means he is victorious. He has conquered. And that was the message to these ladies at the tomb. He is not here. Look, there is the place where they laid him. But go tell his disciples, even Peter, that he is going ahead of you into Galilee. You will see him there just as he told you. Then they went out and ran from the tomb, for terror and bewilderment had seized them. And they said nothing to anyone because they were afraid. I want to stop there. And I want to share with you, first of all, the outline of the message that we see here in this passage of Scripture. Again, very simple truths. Jesus was dead. Jesus was raised, and Jesus lives. Jesus was dead, Jesus was raised, and Jesus lives. But here's how I want to turn this message this morning and make very important application to you and I, because you and I as Christians, we can become and have maybe become very familiar with this story. Oh, I know that. I know Jesus died. I I know he rose from the dead. I, I know he lives. I believe that. And yet, too often, we do not realize that our identity is tied up in all of those truths. And that that, in that sense, because Jesus was dead, we died. Because Jesus was raised... We are raised because he lives. We now have the opportunity to live his life even on this earth. That's what I want you to think about this morning. Before we do, I want to remind you of some verses that talk about the fact that 
We have our identity wrapped up in Jesus Christ whenever you and I accept him as our Savior. In the book of Ephesians, Paul writes, For he, God, chose us in Christ Jesus before the foundation of the world. Two of the most important words in the entire New Testament are these two words. In Christ. That phrase throughout the New Testament, always when we see it, when we read it, when we study it, is a reminder that that's our identity. God chose us to be in Christ even before the foundation of the world. Because obviously he knew what was coming. And therefore he said, for those who will believe in my son one day, For those who will place their confidence and faith in him, I want them to understand now that their identity will be totally wrapped up in Jesus Christ. See, I believe that we have an identity crisis in the church today amongst God's people because we don't realize or we do not remind ourselves enough or we're not taught enough about our identity, who we are in Christ. So that's what I want to do this morning. In fact, in the book of Galatians, listen to this verse. For in Christ Jesus, you are all children of God through faith. For all of you who were baptized into Christ have clothed yourselves with Christ. He uses the word baptized there to remind us that when you and I accepted Christ as our Savior, again, we put our trust, our belief, our faith in Christ as our Savior, that literally God placed us into Christ. He baptized us into Christ. The word baptizo simply means to immerse. So God took us and he delivered us, the Bible says, Colossians 1.13, out of the kingdom and power of darkness and he transferred us into the kingdom of his son, Jesus Christ. And that's what our identity is. That's that change that took place. And the word baptized and and the concept of baptism is such a great picture of that. That's why we call people when they place their faith in Christ to be baptized in water as a symbol of what has taken place already on the inside of them and in a sense positionally between them and God. When I invite people to get down into the water with me, I simply ask for an affirmation or witness or testimony of their faith in Christ. I say something to the effect of, have you accepted Jesus Christ as your Savior? And they will say, yes, I've accepted Jesus Christ as as my Savior. And then I say, because you've accepted Jesus Christ as your Savior, I now baptize you in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit buried with him in the likeness of his death, and I lay them under the water, and then I say, raised in the likeness of his resurrection, and I bring them up out of the water. Baptized into Christ. Remember, and I've shared this with you before, but it's such a vivid picture. The Greeks will use the word baptizo to describe the pickling process. You remember that. I've told you that before. Whereby you take a cucumber, you place it, you immerse it into this briny liquid, and it takes a change. It transforms. It's it's now different over time. And now that cucumber that went in and was immersed into the liquid now has been baptizoed in there, and now it becomes a pickle. So when you think about your life in Christ, think about it. You and I have been pickled in Jesus Christ. 
And I mean that in a very respectful way. Because even the Bible affirms this. Paul said in 2 Corinthians 5.17, So if anyone is what? In Christ, he's what? A new creation. Old things are passed away. All things are becoming new. When you and I are baptized into Christ, there will be a change and transformation that takes place in our life. Because we've been given now a new identity. Because Christ died, we died. Because Christ was raised, we have been raised. Because Christ lives, we now live. Let me share with you, first of all, some verses that talk about the fact that therefore we died when Christ died. Galatians 2.20 I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live, yet not I but Christ who lives in me. And the life I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Paul starts out that verse by saying, you and I have been, past tense, crucified with Christ. In Colossians 3.3, Paul says to the Colossians, for you have died and your life is now hidden with Christ in God. I could spend a whole message just talking about the fact that our life is hidden with Christ in God. And what does that mean? But for today's message, I want us again to concentrate on that first part. You and I died. And then another verse, Romans chapter 6, verse 6. Paul says, we know that our old man was crucified with him, Jesus. So that the body of sin would no longer dominate us. Here's what God wants us to receive and apply to our life by this very simple truth that as a Christian, if Jesus died, then we died along with him. Let me give you a couple applications for that. First of all, that means that anything pre-Jesus... Anything before we came to know the Lord, we need to learn, again, with God's help, obviously, to put that in the past and not dwell on it, not think about it, not have it as something that hangs around our necks, not something that weighs us down in any way. You and I have been forgiven. And when the Bible teaches us that when Christ died, we died, part of that means that that anything done before I came to know Christ, I cannot allow that to define my life any longer. Some of you here, you still struggle in the present because you are allowing something that happened in the past, especially something pre-Jesus, to continue to wear on you and weigh you down. And when the Bible tells us that when Christ died, we died too, we got to put that to death and lay it down once and for all and not keep carrying it around. But there's many other ways to apply this. As Paul says to the Romans in Romans chapter 6, verse 6, that our old man was crucified. He's talking about our flesh, the old nature. And he says, you realize, Christian, 
by this very simple truth that because Jesus died, we died with him, that that means that this flesh and all of its desires and passions and lusts and all the things of the old nature, they no longer have to call the shots anymore. They, they no longer have to dominate our life. It can't be, well, I, I just, I'm, I'm the, this way because that's the way I am and, and I was born this way and all of that. No, all of that is swept away when you and I reckon and know every day we died. We died. And when we died with Christ, let's remember that part of that was that Jesus granted us and gave us as a gift His Holy Spirit to indwell us permanently as believers in Jesus Christ. And therefore, even like John says in John, 1 John, he says, greater is he who is in you than he who is in the world. Talking about, obviously, Satan. But let's even take that a step further. If you and I have the Holy Spirit living in us, because we are Christians, that means greater is he who is in you than anything or than anyone. In other words, there's nothing in and of our flesh, nothing about our old nature, nothing about our, our old man, if you will, as Paul likes to call it, that is stronger than the Holy Spirit who now lives within us. So he's simply saying, you and I as Christians now have a greater power, a greater strength, a greater capacity, a greater ability to say no to the things that we should say no to and yes to the things we should say yes to. And we can no longer as a Christian ever use the excuse, I can't. We can say I won't. I won't do what I know I should do or I, I, I'm going to do what I know I shouldn't. But we can no longer say I can't. Because if we say, I can't, even though like Paul says to the Philippians, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. If we're saying we can't, then we are not coming to an understanding or reckoning that our old man, our old self, that flesh was crucified on Christ's cross when Christ was crucified as well. And when you and I come to faith in Jesus Christ, we died with him. Don't let whatever it is in your life that's holding you back, that's blocking your way, that's being an obstacle in your spiritual life, keep you any longer as if somehow you have to give in to it. You have to obey it. You have to be that way. Because the Bible is clearly telling us, no, our old man died, you see. And therefore... We don't have to obey it. We have a greater power now who lives within us, the Holy Spirit of God. I don't have to be that way. I can't say that anymore. Because I died in Christ when I accepted him as my Savior. Now, if we just stopped there, that'd be wonderful. But the message of the Bible is, let's keep going. Therefore... Jesus was raised. And the Bible teaches us that because Jesus was raised, we have been raised as well. Listen to these verses. The first from the book of Colossians, chapter 2, verse 12. Having been buried with him in baptism, you also have been raised with him through your faith in the power of God and raised that raised him from the dead. 
Let me repeat that. Having been buried with him in baptism, you also have been raised with him through your faith in the power of God who raised him from the dead. In fact, Paul said to the Ephesians, and he raised us up and seated us with him in the heavenly realms and places. Oh, get that this morning, my friends. You and I not only died with Christ, we have been raised with Christ. And the Bible tells me that positionally, even though, yeah, practically speaking, pragmatically, I live and walk here on this earth, but positionally, I'm not there any longer. And I've got to understand that every day. He raised me up and he has seated me with Jesus Christ in the heavenly places at the right hand of God the Father. That's where we are. You see, and that's where we should operate from. How can I apply that truth to my life? Well, let me give you at least one way. If you and I truly know that our identity is wrapped up in Jesus Christ, and not only have we died with him, but we've been raised with him, and we are now in heaven, seated by Jesus Christ. I mean, just think of that. Think of that image in your mind. Did you wake up today thinking, you know what? Me and Jesus are seated beside each other in the heavenly realms. How different would that make your day? But here's one of the reasons why that's important. If you and I are in heaven with the Lord in that positional place, that means all the resources of heaven are available to us. Think about it. That's why earlier on in the book of Ephesians, the same book in chapter 1, verse 3, he says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in Christ. Where? In the heavenly realms. He said, Christian, realize your identity in Jesus. Yes, you died with him, but you've also been raised with him. And because you and I are seated with him in the heavenly realms, every resource that God has is now available to us. You and I can never say, I'm lacking something that I really need. I'm deficient in something. I don't have what I need. No, the Bible says we have been blessed with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly realms in Christ. Our problem is we forget our identity. We forget who we are. We forget we died with Christ. We forget we've been raised with Christ and where we are positionally speaking and we forget because we are there of all the stuff that is ours because we're in Christ and therefore whatever Christ has you and I can have as well at our disposal that's why Paul could say to the Philippians I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me because any resource that I need I've got available to me I've got his grace available to me. I've got his peace available to me. I've got his joy. I've got his strength. I've got his wisdom available to me. The Bible says you lack wisdom. Ask of God. He'll give it to you. All these great spiritual resources are at our disposal. And yet so many of us as Christians, we live our lives as if we've got nothing. Or that we're lacking all these, God, if you just gave me that, or I just was blessed with that, God, I could navigate life so much better. And God is saying, why don't you use what I've already given you? Why don't you realize and acknowledge the riches that are yours already in Christ Jesus? Then Paul goes on to say, 
Since you and I, Colossians chapter 3, verses 1 and 2. Since you and I have been raised with Christ, let's keep on seeking the things that are above. Let's keep on thinking about things above, not things on the earth. So another way to apply being raised with Christ is that that truth should literally shape our thinking, our perspective, and our priorities, and our choices and decisions every day that we live our lives. Paul's saying, if you and I are there, and from God's perspective, we're already there, then he says, why are you living for earthly things? Why are you choosing and making decisions that are all about temporal things? Things that aren't going to matter and aren't going to last. Shouldn't you, if you realize you've been raised with Christ and that's your identity out there, shouldn't you and I be spending our lives primarily investing in eternal things? As Jesus said, laying up treasure in heaven. Shouldn't the choices and decisions that we make every day about what our days and our weeks and our months and our years on this earth look like not be wrapped up in things of earth, but of heaven? things about heaven and things that will matter a thousand years from now and a million years from now and 10 million years from now as eternity rolls on. That's what Paul's saying. Since you and I have been raised with Christ, then let's keep seeking things above. Let's keep thinking about things above. See, Paul is saying, when you and I understand our identity in Jesus Christ, literally every day we wake up, our mind, God wants to transform, as Paul said in Romans 12 too. Don't be conformed to this world. Be transformed by the renewing of your mind. And God wants these truths, like the identity of who we are in Jesus Christ, to literally shape our thinking and our attitude and our outlook and our perspective every day that we live. That's why I said, these are very simple truths. Jesus was dead, therefore we died. Jesus was raised, therefore we are raised. But when you and I begin to think about the implications and ramifications and applications of these truths, it's pretty, pretty heavy stuff, if you will. Because it's stuff that literally can change, again, because we've been baptized into Christ, literally can change the way we live and the way we look at life every day. So tomorrow, let me give you this very simple application. When you go out the door tomorrow to do chores or run errands or take the kids to school or go to work or whatever you're doing tomorrow morning, I want you to think of this. I not only died with Jesus, I've been raised with Jesus. And my Bible tells me, the Word of God tells me, I am now seated with Christ in the heavenly realms at the right hand of God the Father. When you and I keep that mindset and that perspective, is there anything then that you and I are going to run into tomorrow or this week or this month or this year that we're not going to have the resources and the support and the help and the strength to handle? No, no. But when we begin to struggle, it's because we have forgotten our identity, who we are. That's why Paul told the Philippians in Philippians 3.20, our citizenship is in heaven from which we are looking for our Savior to return from there. We're, We're not just citizens of earth. We're actually dual citizens, if you will. 
Yes, our citizenship is of earth in the sense that our flesh is here, but we also now are residences of glory, residences of heaven. And God wants us to never forget that because that's where our identity is wrapped up in. That's why so many Christians struggle with that. They have an identity crisis because they don't know who they are in Christ. Either again, because they've never studied it, they've never been taught it, they're ignorant of it, and yet it's so very important to our everyday living that we reckon that when Jesus died, we died, and when he raised, we were raised. But obviously there's one other one. It's like when the angel said, hey, he who was crucified, he's not only been raised, but he's not here, he lives. And he, he wants to meet you. And the Bible tells us that because our identity is all wrapped up in Jesus Christ as followers of Jesus Christ, we live and can live his life in and through us every day. Listen to the words of Jesus from the Gospel of John. Because I live, you will live too. In the book of 1 Corinthians, Paul writes, For just as in Adam all die, so also in Christ, there's that phrase again, all will be made alive. Paul said to the Ephesians, Even though we were dead in transgressions, we were made alive together with Christ. Made alive together with Christ. And remember, the life here that the Bible, the New Testament talks about, isn't a biological, physical life. When Jesus said in John 10.10, 10, I have come that they might have life and have it more abundantly, the word there isn't bios, from where we get our word just because our heart's beating and we're living and breathing on earth. It's the word zoe. It means the highest quality of life that a human being can live on this side of glory. And Jesus said, I came not just so that they could have their sins forgiven. That's great. I came not just so that they could have a relationship with me. I came not just that they would do life in partnership with me. I came so that those who follow me and follow me faithfully can experience the, the highest quality, best life it, it's possible for a human being in this broken world. Are you experiencing that life today? Jesus is calling us as a church and as individuals to come alive in Him. One of my favorite stories in the Bible is the story of Jesus going and raising Lazarus, his friend, from the dead. Many of you, again, are very familiar with that story, but I want to zero in on just a couple things from that story this morning. He comes before the tomb, and the Bible says he looks up, and then he looks towards the tomb that Lazarus is in. And remember, in those days, tombs aren't like they are today where they you know, were sunk down into the ground. They were predominantly caves that were hewn out of rock. So it was more of a straightforward thing. And by the way, Jewish custom was they didn't stay in those caves indefinitely. They would stay in those caves where they were initially buried for about a year. And then the family would be permitted or friends to go back into that cave, collect the bones that were then available after a year, and then bury them somewhere else. 
So Lazarus is in this cave, and the Bible said he's been dead for four days. Quite long enough to even start experiencing decay, because remember, one of the sisters said, well, Lord, he's going to start stinking at this point. Jesus says, take away the stone. And then he comes before the tomb of Lazarus and he says, with a loud voice, the Bible says, not because somehow Jesus needed to talk loud for Lazarus to be able to hear him. Jesus could have whispered and Lazarus would have come out of that tomb. He was raising his voice so that all those around, all the whole audience, all those gathered around that tomb would know what was going on there. And who was the one who had the power to call forth a dead man from his tomb? And Jesus stands before that tomb and says, Lazarus, come out. And the Bible says, a few seconds later, here comes Lazarus. Sort of like, you know. Because the Bible says he was all wrapped up still in his grave clothes. Some even think that in a sense it was a miracle that Jesus performed that unaided Lazarus could even get up still with the grave clothes on and start sort of slinking out of the grave. But then Jesus says this. I love these words. He says to those standing around, unwrap him and let him go. You know what the word unwrap means in the original language? It means release him, set him free, let him go. Let him be what he could not have been before. Let him do what he could have not done before. And can I tell you, that's what Jesus is saying to you and I today. When we understand that our identity is in Christ and in Christ alone. That's who we are now when we become followers of Jesus Christ. Because Jesus died, we died. Our old man, our old self, the flesh. We can no longer allow that to dominate us because we have a greater power now that lives in us through Christ. And because Jesus was raised, we have been raised. All the resources of heaven, every spiritual blessing is ours. We lack nothing. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. And then, because he lives, you and I can really live. Because again, as Galatians 2.20 says, the life that I now live in this flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. And it's not really me living this life, it's Christ living my life through me. Or me living my life through Christ. And Jesus here today is standing before us in this place today. And just like at the tomb of his friend Lazarus, he's saying to each of us by name, Jeff! Come forth. Get out of your cave. Get out of that bad, unhealthy, spiritual place that you are in. Come forth. Let me release you. Let me set you free so that you can go and really begin to live. Jesus said, if the Son sets you free, you will be free indeed. And Paul said to the Romans, we are more than conquerors through Him who loved us. Romans 8.37. You need to feel like a conqueror today, like a victor. Why? Because as the angel said, yeah, he was crucified, but he's risen. He conquered. He's been victorious. And again, because our identity is in Jesus Christ, we can be victorious. We can be an overcomer. We can conquer.
Because our identity isn't just about us. It's about being one with Jesus Christ because we've been baptized into him. Will you let Jesus unwrap you this morning so that you can go and be all that he created you to be? That means for some of us, you know what that means? We still got some grave clothes on. We still got some stuff hanging that we need to, by faith, just, all right, Jesus, I'm, I'm shedding all this stuff. That's why the writer of Hebrews says, let us lay aside all that weight and the sin that clings and let's run with endurance the race that is set before us. Get rid of those grave clothes my brothers and sisters in Christ, and let Jesus Christ set you free this morning. Let's stand and pray. God, as we come to you in prayer this morning, I am praying specifically for people here this morning to be delivered by your power. The power that was able to raise the dead. The power that was able to call a man by name and literally bring him back from death is the same power who is here today and the same power that operates in each of us as followers of Jesus Christ. We have been reminded today, Lord, who we are, what our identity is in Christ. We died because you died. We've been raised because you were raised and we can really live because you live. And now your life can be pulsating and pounding through us every day. But so often, even as followers of Christ like Lazarus, we can begin to go through life and start collecting grave clothes again. We can start living more like the spiritually dead than the spiritually alive in Jesus. And Jesus wants to deliver us today from that because He has the power. And because we are one in Him and we've been joined to Him, it can happen to us today. So I'm going to just ask here today that the power of God would be present here in this auditorium today in a special way and that grave clothes and things that are clinging and things that have been hung around us for a long, long time that, that we are carrying, that you never intended for us to carry, Jesus, that we would finally unwrap them so that we could be set free and released and let go. And let go. You are a mighty Savior. You are the desire of all nations. You are the King of kings and Lord of lords. You are the resurrection and the life. And if Jesus, if you have the power to bring back the dead, then there is nothing in my life right now that you can't deliver me from and that you can't overcome, that you can't get victory over. Help my thinking, Jesus, to align with your thinking and your word today. Help me to trust and believe and place my confidence in you today and what you can do and in the power that is present here today to deliver me and to begin to see these grave clothes fall off of me so that I can really begin to live my life. 
I pray these things in the mighty and powerful and holy name of Jesus. Amen.